The following program contains elements of programming that are previously recorded and may appear as live. Welcome to Hope Reigns, a show brought to you by 8 Days of Hope, where we share God-sized stories from the mission field all around the country. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Tiber and Mike Fiella. Well, welcome back to another week of Hope Reigns, a broadcast of 8 Days of Hope. So thankful for American Family Radio the uh, 205 cities across the country hearing about God-sized stories from the mission field here on Hope Reigns. Also to WDCX, who is our production partner in upstate New York and southern Ontario, as well for uh, allowing us to be here. My name is Steve Tiber, and normally I'm sitting to a guy that is a little bit shorter than our co-host today and, and a lot older. Um, now, he would say a lot wiser than he is. I'm not going to tell his age. But normally Mike Fiel is hanging out, but Mike is out of pocket for two weeks. I know that he won't be here this week and next week, but I want to introduce my friend Scott Lackey to uh, to the nation. Scott, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me today, Steve. It's an honor to be here. We're having a, a good time together. We're having some difficult conversations together, but we're also having conversations together where we say, hey, we're going we're gonna to learn together and we're going to see what Christ is doing together. You know, uh, the listeners don't know this, but I think you and I, have, we've already prayed two or three times this morning <laughs> because um, today's broadcast is going to be is going to be a one-off. Yep. And, and I'm just going to be very candid. We, You know, for three years across the country, we share God-sized stories from the mission field. Volunteers today are in Jackson, Tennessee, building a safe house, 5,400 square feet, for free for scar rope, a ministry based in Jackson, Tennessee, that provides a safe place for women rescued from sex trafficking, Scott. And and they're in the middle of the project. I'm going to be heading down there this, this next week. And actually next week, the executive director, Joanne Stone, will be on with us. Um, but uh, a lot good going on around the world that right now is going through some tough times, but excited for the Scarlet Rope Project. But also, Scott, um, last Friday, just eight days ago, we announced a one-off project here in the city of Buffalo. Back in 2019, God clearly showed me and the other leaders of Eight Days of Hope that we were supposed to do something with churches and business in the inner city of Buffalo, and we picked a district. So if you know nothing about Buffalo, you're in Wichita, Kansas, like Buffalo, New York. Tell me more about it. Because we've been in the news, unfortunately, the last eight days as well, but we'll get to that in a minute. So we, we decided to partner with roughly 57 churches. We've picked out a couple hundred families in the university district, and we, we gave them free home repairs. We painted their homes. We put new roofs on. We did concrete work just to share Jesus, just to love people, businesses, and, and inner city churches, and suburban churches, different denominations coming together to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And it went so well that last year we went to the Masson district. Same thing. 202 families had free home repairs, $1.8 million of work being done, all in the name of the Lord. Amazing stuff. You know, something we didn't see coming, so encouraged. And last Friday, Scott, we announced this year's project, July 16th to the 23rd, where Eight Days of Hope will be leading businesses and churches and individuals to love on families in the Fillmore District. So it was an amazing day. You were there. I was there, and we're really excited for what God's going to be doing through 8 Days of Hope Buffalo this year in the Fillmore District. It was cool to see different church leaders and business leaders and even some politicians there who are invested in the Buffalo community. Last year, so our church is a young church. We've only been around for about a year and a half. And last year, our first service project as a church really was 8 Days of Hope Buffalo. And we had over 20 volunteers and the testimonies that we heard from people who said, this was incredible and our they can't wait for this upcoming mm. year. 
we're we're pumped for it. We love our city. We love Buffalo, and we're excited for what Eight Days of Hope is doing here. So I went to bed that night and I channeled the local TV stations, two four seven Spectrum News, all did amazing stories about this ministry called Eight Days of Hope, working with churches and businesses come the Fillmore district. Little did I know, little did any of us know that twenty four hours later things would be dramatically different in the inner city Buffalo and in all of our hearts because an individual planning for months gets in his car, drives 200 miles to a, as he says, a black neighborhood, a heavily black neighborhood in inner city of Buffalo and shoots 13 people, killing 10 of them. A gentleman who goes to the, to the supermarket to buy a cake because his three-year-old son's celebrating a birthday and he is gunned down. And so for me personally, and this is not about me, Friday I'm like, thank you, Lord, amazing. And Saturday I'm like, God, where are you? Mm-hmm. And we need you. There's hurt, there's pain, there's anger, there's distrust, there's now what, Lord? What? How do we even get through the next hour, let alone the next day, week, or month? And so much going on. And so today, we're going to do a one-off. This is a one-off interview, but it's it's an interview that has to happen. Yep. We've decided to inter- interview and, and, and bring in a, a friend, a friend of yours and mine, yep. someone we know. He's a pastor in the inner city. We're going to get to him in just a minute after a break. His name is Pastor Andre Shep uh, Clark. Most people in Buffalo call him Shep. That's what I call him. That's all I know. I didn't even know his full Shep. name until the other day, right? You know, I mean, hashtag I, I, Shep said it. That's yeah, his thing. I love, I love it. it. I love it. He's got a heartbeat for the inner city, and and he looks different than you and I. Yep. His skin color is different. Yep. But today we want to have a real raw conversation. Yes. Yes. We're not looking to offend people. No. Nope. But we're sitting at a table, three people who love Jesus, and have learned, and are trying to love others in excellence. You know God's excellence, and and today we're gonna to need a chance to sit down, and, and this is gonna be a tough conversation. And so today, you know, you're in Iowa, driving down the roads. You're in Minnesota, you're hanging out in Batavia, New York. Um, it's gonna get a little uncomfortable, but that's okay. This is a necessary conversation. As we said earlier, we have to heed the words of James to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Mm. It's this is something that is bringing up another a conversation we need to be having on the national level. How do we hear from our brothers and sisters and their experience? And also, how can we learn from that? How can we grow from that? But even right here in Western New York, I think a lot of people look at Buffalo and think, well, they have an NFL team, they have a hockey team. It's this huge, major city. For many of us, if we would pick up our phones and make one call or make one message you would find very quickly that there's somebody who's been directly affected mm. by what happened. By I, I picked up on a Saturday, a member of our church, his wife's family shops at that tops, and so he immediately was he was, mm. he and so it's it's not that it's not that far. And if we're willing to have the conversation, if we're willing to take that step, if we are willing to listen and learn, we will find that there are people in our lives who are hurting, who are scared. And we have to say, how can we how can we listen and come together as mm-hmm. one in Christ? 
I'll never forget, I was playing college football in Kansas. You know, I grew up in the inner city of Buffalo. I went to a school called Bennett High, and it was, it was probably 50% white, 50% black in the 70s. And I remember going to college in this small school in Kansas playing football, and this and this this young man walked in, and he was a cornerback from a little farm town in Kansas. And all the seniors, we were asked to take a freshman on our wings. And I'll never forget walking him back to the dorm. I said, so what's your first day? What's going through your mind? And he said, today's the first day I ever saw someone with a different skin color. Wow. I'm like... I grew up on Crescent Avenue, right near the zoo. Went to Bennett High School, right? Right. I mean, my best friend, my best friend, Michael Austin. We ran track in Bennett. We went to college together in Kansas. I mean, you know. So I didn't understand how someone could have never been around someone that looks different than that. Right. So today we're going to have some tough conversations, and we want to hear from somebody, not only just a pastor in the inner city of Buffalo, but a brother in the Lord, but as well, lost. A loved one during the shooting yep. lost a friend during the shooting and is deeply connected to churches here in the city of Buffalo. And so again, normally we share God's side story from the mission field, and this is an uplifting conversation. And we, you know, we share God's size miracles, but I believe miracles can come from this, but we're going to start this conversation. And I'm telling you, I, this morning I got up, I had coffee in the living room and I was praying for this conversation. Amen. Because I, I don't know where God's going to take it, but he does. Yep, he's in control. So when we come back here on Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope, I'm Steve Tiber, hanging out with Scott Lackey. We're going to bring on Pastor Shep, who uh, is the pastor at New Direction Christian Fellowship Church here in Buffalo, and he's going to be sharing from his heart, and it's going to get a little bit uncomfortable, but God is calling his people to be good listeners today. And I'm going to encourage you, to follow that verse in James, to be quick to listen, slow to speak. And I'm going to try to practice that as well. But we are thankful that you're here. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with Eight Days of Hope. Do you know the fastest growing crime in America and across the world is human trafficking? We're talking about millions of lives, even children. You know, I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, but God has called the church to take off its blinders and end this human tragedy. And this isn't only just happening in Las Vegas or New Orleans or overseas. This is happening right here in our backyards. You know, God has opened the door for us to partner with existing ministries across the country who are serving survivors of human trafficking. And for 14 days and sometimes longer, we take skilled volunteers, tradesmen and women, come together to help build or remodel facility for free to provide a safe place to get the emotional, physical and spiritual healing that survivors need. This year, we have projects around the country. We're going to be doing framing and drywall, painting, electrical work, and so much more. And so if you're skilled in a trade, please contact us at safehouse at 8dayshope.com or for more information, go to the website 8daysofhope.com. 8 Days of Hope is supported by a combination of donations from listeners and business partners like Provia. Provia is a manufacturer of residential doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. Provia is committed to serving their customers and sharing Christ in order to let our light shine before others so they may see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. More about Provia and their products at provia.com. I speak the name of Jesus over you In your hurting, in your sorrow I will 
that's all that I can do In desperation I'll seek heaven And pray this for you I pray for your healing The circumstances would change I pray that the fear inside would flee In Jesus' name I pray that a breakthrough Would happen today I pray miracles over your life In Jesus' name In Jesus' name Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. So thankful for some of our national partners like Provia. Provia.com, makers of building materials like vinyl siding, windows, doors, metal roofing, manufactured stone, and so much more. Provia.com, so thankful for the team. They're based in Ohio, but they have plants in Mississippi. And actually, full full transparency here, um, I used to help lead that business. I was a I had a fancy title, and 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 you know I love the business world. And by the way, my name is Steve. Hanging out with Scott. Hey, great to be here today. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, where's he going with this? I don't know. But I don't know either. Yeah. But I'm along for the ride. I, I hear you. I also want to thank some of our national partners, like Covenant Church in Dallas, Texas. Multiple campuses. So thankful for our family at Covenant Church and Destiny Worship Center down in Florida. Again, Pastor Steve Agalis. Uh, multiple branches in multiple cities. We served with Destiny after Hurricane Michael. Eight Days of Hope, we travel the country and help out families in need after natural disasters. And today we're building a safe house, our 10th one in Jackson, Tennessee for Scarlet Rope in August. We'll be in Chattanooga, Tennessee, building Tim Tebow's first safe house in America. So excited. So we help out after natural disasters and human disasters. But today we're going to take a turn. We're going to have a real raw, tough conversation with a brother in Christ. We uh, we do the production of this show, even though it's heard across the nation, in Buffalo, New York. And if you've been watching the news for the last seven days, um, I'll be candid. My heart is broken. Broken for those who went to the store to buy something for their family that brought people to the store as a ministry and never went home. And um, so hold on, church, because um, this is going to be tough. want to thank my friend, Pastor Shep. Hey, brother, thanks for joining us. Good morning. You're smiling, man. Yeah. Yeah. You got to smile. Amen. God gives us strength. God gives us peace. Um, everything, even in bad news. Hmm. Even in bad news, you got to smile. You cannot allow bitterness anger rage to sit in and then um you know uh even with all of the um racial tension and all the noise that's going on um i understand i just wrote this down because you said we have different uh skin color yeah we might have different skin color but our blood is the same come on Mm. you know and not only the blood that that flows through us but also the blood that covers us is still the same and and that's what you know i i've been preaching and teaching is that you know we have to make sure that we do not allow bitterness or we become what we hate Mm. Mm. hatred is spread like cancer. And the only way to eradicate hate is not with hate, it's with love. Amen. And so you gotta smile and you gotta believe that, you know, there's so many good stories coming. There's so much beauty that's coming out of these ashes. 
that 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 it's it's actually exciting that that that, that you hear so many stories coming out of this of 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 God's love being I just had a man two brothers come all the way from near uh Letchfield Park State Park yeah. which is about an hour and a half away right. with a van full of groceries and was going around the neighborhood passing out bags of groceries. They said, we could not sit there and do nothing. They ran into my sister and said, well, my, my, my brother is a pastor. And they literally came, knocked on the door. We just got 10 extra bags. If you know someone, we'll deliver them. I says, well, I, I have some people that are in need and we'll get them right to them. Uh, uh, okay. And we sat there and we prayed. I took a picture with them. Mm. I said, because this is not a photo op for you. You were not looking for any publicity. Right. They stayed away from the cameras. Those were two white brothers. Mm. That heart was tugged by what was going on. And now we have exchanged numbers. We are going, I'm going up there. Oh, We're going to have uh, some that. tea and, and, and talk. And they're ready now to have a conversation. That's great. Conversations that otherwise they would never have. And, and that's what we're going to do today. Um, Steve Tiber, Scott Lackey, Pastor Shep. Pastor Shep, so let's go back. Seven days ago, mm -hmm. the minute I heard something, I was listening to the radio, and I was just driving to listen to local radio, and I almost drove off the road. Um, where were you when the shooting occurred? And just walk me through your Saturday as the news hit. Because it, it not only hit the community, it hit you personally as well. Yeah, um, we had a prayer breakfast um, that morning. Um, and uh, we had Pastor um, Amy from the Tabernacle was oh, yeah. our guest wow. uh, sure. speaker. Wonderful job. My Aunt Pearl is there at the breakfast with my mom. We have beautiful pictures. Um, uh, we 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 hugged her, kissed her. My mom's uh, my mother's birthday is today. We were celebrating her, have a big party on Saturday that we just canceled because she doesn't want to have it right now. Um, Aunt Pearl's excited because she's on the program because she's known my mother one of the longest relationships. That's my aunt, you know. Right. And so, um, hugged, kissed, you know, everything. My mom was going to take her to Main Street Tops. My Aunt Pearl says, no, that's too far. You know, Just take me to Jefferson. I can take the one bus. I can take the bus home. My mom has to get back to dad, who's 90 years old at home. She's been away for quite a few hours. She wants to get home. She says, no. She says, just take me to Jefferson. My Aunt Pearl didn't even reach it, reach into the store. So, so just again for clarity for those listening around the country, we're talking about the shooting that happened a week ago in Buffalo, New York. Yes. And Pearl is her full name is Pearl Young, mm -hmm. and she's your aunt, seventy-seven years old. She gets off the bus to go grocery shopping. No, she gets dropped off by your mother. By my mother. Okay. They were both at the prayer breakfast. My, my bad. Mm -hmm. She's walking into the store, mm -hmm. and she gets shot and killed. Yes. So had your mother just pulled away at this point? Not, to be honest with you, Mom Pearl is a talker and a lover of people. Oh, I know. So Mom pulls off. She meets, she sees a member of her church. They're having a conversation outside. The member of the church walks away and gets in her car. She was going to stay if she had known 
that Aunt Pearl was, was going to catch the bus. Mm. She would have still been in that parking lot. So that's two people that would have we, we could have had the potential of losing as well. Sure. She didn't even find out until she got to church the next day that Aunt Pearl was dead. Imagine that. Oh so there's all this um, hurt. So then what ends up happening is when we hear about the shooting, I didn't know at that time that my mom dropped off Aunt Pearl. It wasn't until about four that we started getting the phone calls. Hey, have you seen Aunt Pearl? Have you seen Aunt Pearl? You know, um, and my mom is calling frantic. I go to uh, ECMC. I'm trying to figure out. Which is Erie County Medical Center yes. for those that don't live in Western New York. It's right around the corner from um, yep. the tops, not, not far. far at all. Yeah. So I'm going there to see, hey, did my aunt get dropped off here? What's going on? I actually have another, uh, my daughter's brother-in-law is inside. We're sending him pictures of my aunt to say, hey, did you see her? Did you see her? This is all going on. I'm on the phone with Brett Cockrell. He meets me at ECMC. Another pastor Another of the local pastor. church. Yeah. Okay. Um, he was just calling, just, hey, Shep, what's going on? You know, let's pray. He said, I'm on my way down to the tops to pray. I said, well, I'm on my way to ECMC. He said, I'll meet you there. So we was going back and forth, back and forth, trying to find it. They, they said, no, no one by that name has been brought here. And, you know, they would start taking people to school to, you know, to give information and so forth at Mikowski School right there, three or four blocks away from the site. All of a sudden, um, my cousin got to the to the spot and they says, um, no, you're, 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 we don't see anything about your mom. And before he hit the door, they went back and got him and says she didn't make it. Breck was with me, immediately began to pray. You know, we, we, he followed me home. This is, the, this type of stuff. First of all, this is, this is one of my white pastor friends. I hate to say that. No, you know that's, no let's be real, right. I, I hate to say it that way, but yeah. you know, um, he made sure I was able to drive. He got to me and my wife. He hugs my wife, you know, love on us. Um, but we gotta go check on mom first. Then we have to go, because the first thing she's saying, I I can't believe this. I dropped her off. If I wouldn't have dropped her off, so that guilt and all that other oh, stuff start yeah. hitting. Said, Mom, no, 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 no. This is one of the things that I want to say that 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 people don't understand. So we gotta go through that for the next couple of days. That's Saturday, that's Sunday. My mama is 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 wrestling with those thoughts within her head. This is the beauty of God and God's love. So we told our cousins, you know, this is how my mother is feeling, this is how your aunt Gloria is feeling. As soon as she walks into the house Monday night, the family gathered in a big way. Um, we we had food and everything. That's what black folk do. We gonna eat chicken, macaroni and cheese. We had yams and greens and <laughs> all that you stuff. You know, we had a good dinner. Right. And uh, as soon as my mom walked in the door, my aunt Pearl's son walked up to her and says, um, "Aunt Gloria, I'm so glad you're here. Don't you ever feel like you're not welcome? You did not get my mother killed. I'm wow. glad that you left because if you didn't left, we would have to bury you as well. You know, those are the type of things that you see. You know how we how we heal, how mm -hmm. we get over. You know, and how we begin to sing songs of Zion, how we begin to pray as a family. You know, but then after that, you know, you still have to have the conversations and 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 you know, they just found out. You know, no one is really going to be able to have uh, open caskets. 
Right. right. Yeah. That hit like a ton of bricks on the other night. All those things begin to, to, to go through people's head, and, and, and that's part of the grieving process. You you get all this information, and you're saying, wow, how do you, and then it's another blow. But then out of those ashes, you see so many kind people. JetBlue is willing to pay for family members to come to Buffalo for the funeral. Oh, wow. You, you see the funerals being paid for. All um, My cousin, who owns a cleaning business, is, is asking... Any family will come and clean your house for you for free. Wow. You know, there is so much that's being. Amen. That, that's why I still smile, you know. Uh, yeah. 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 And, and so much going on that the three of us don't even know is going on, right? That hasn't crossed our plate. I mean, just sharing that JetBlue story. Didn't hear that to, to just now. I do, Scott, so you've been to the site. Yeah. I've been to the site. It's. <clears throat> I'm telling you, man, I, I walked up yesterday. I don't know if I said this off the broadcast, maybe before we, we jumped on, but to the left of me was some people holding hands and singing and praying, and, and to the right of me was someone verbally loud enough for many, many people to hear the distrust of white people and, and how you know our people have been suppressed. And so there's a lot going on. And kind of like you, I went there, and I'm a talker. I smiled to the couple of police officers. I recognized one person. I gave him a hug. I didn't say a word. Right. I just shut my eyes. Man, I was praying. Yep. yep. I was praying for the families. Mm-hmm. I was praying for our community. I was praying for the pastor leaders in the city of Buffalo. I was praying for the ministries, the political leaders, and I I didn't know what to do. I I same here. I was I was just standing there. A gentleman approached me by the name of uh, Deacon Maury, and he brought me into a conversation. And then mm. Reverend Cox brought me into a conversation. And then my friend, who's a counselor for Best Self, brought me into a conversation. Okay. But, you know, it's one of those things as pastors, we're always like, I got something to say, right? I In that moment, I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, you don't have anything to say. You're here to listen. You're here to pray. And uh, mm. I had the opportunity to pray with some of the employees who work at that tops. Mm. Oh and it's gosh. just so tragic. And just trying to think through all of that. And, you know, one of the things I love about you, Shep, is is your Facebook channel. Shep said it. You know, you always have, you always I, got something to share. And, and he's I, got good stuff, too. He man. does got good stuff. I've, I've stolen one or two of them. He doesn't know it. I should give him credit, probably. Either that or send him a royalty <laughs> check or something. But. He deserves, yeah. You know, if you could just almost, Shep, just be raw. What's really on your heart? What's really on your mind? If there's something you could say to the church as a whole right now, if there's something, you know, we need to hear, what are some of these things that have just just been on your heart that you're saying the church needs to hear this or or, or where are you at? I, I really believe that um, we're going to have to get to the place that we, uh, that white America, uh, especially Christian brothers, um, open their mouth. There, there's there's a Bible verse in the book of Proverbs. Um, everyone says Proverbs 31 is for uh, is um, Proverbs 31 woman. But before you get there, uh, before you get to verse 10, you got you can't skip over verse eight and nine. Yep. It says, "Open your mouth for the dumb. That's the mute. Yep. The one that can't speak for for the rights of all the unfortunate." Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. See, this is a mother talking to her son who's a king. The king has authority, but with authority, with power, comes a responsibility 
not to be silent. Now, before that, she starts talking about his uh, about sexual uh, 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 indulgences. She talks about alcohol indulgence. Don't drink because they'll make you forget the law. Don't 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 be sleeping with these women because they'll take your strength. You know. But then she says you have a responsibility to speak up. And I'm sorry, as as a, a, a black pastor, I feel like sometimes we're not going to have ra- racial reconciliation until. Everyone is comfortable from their pulpit to admit that there's racial situations in America. So let's start right there. So, you know, I've, I've been to churches all over the country. Mm-hmm. We have national partners that are mega churches with multiple campuses. The most segregated hour in America. Eleven. Is Sunday morning. <laughs> is Sunday morning. And, 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 you know, I've walked into a church couple years ago to to share from the pulpit at the invitation of a inner city pastor a black pastor i was the only white guy in the church that day and i'm telling you i had a great time Mm -hmm. i'll tell you what we worshiped for about an hour before we got to the word you better believe it it. was unbelievable i see your foot stepping yeah man (laughs) but but it's the most segregated hour of the week so shep how do we take that step forward and I know we got to go to break, but we're going to wait a couple minutes. But answer this question first. How do you, okay, black brother in, in the Lord, two white brothers in the war, in the Lord, we both have a kindred heart, a kindred spirit, that foundational, that we're here to love him and love others and love and serve others in need and, and be the hands and feet of Jesus. How do we take that step, that first step? Let's start there. We'll take a break and we'll come back. What's that first step? Hi, my name is. It starts with relationship. I've built relationship with the chapel, uh, uh, renovation, um, restoration, uh, uh, the revived Wesleyan church. I built relationships and have spoken to their congregations. So predominantly mm-hmm. white churches right. in Western New York. You have to have relationship. Mm-hmm. That's uncomfortable, isn't it? To do what? Is it uncomfortable for the common person who's never tried to do that? Who I mean, and I'm, I'm just thinking out loud, and I, I want to be careful here. But to someone who is of my color, white, mm-hmm. to walk into a black church, right, or to have a conversation, like the guy I talked about earlier that I played football with in Kansas. I went to Bennett High. Mm-hmm. I was the minority there at Bennett High. And it was it was like part of, it was nothing, I just thought this is how the world operated. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the middle of nowhere in the middle of America, and everyone looks the same. So, so how... It's uncomfortable to take that first step. You know why this is uncomfortable? Why? Because we make it uncomfortable. Because we are separate. We don't believe that there's one Lord, one yeah. faith, one baptism. That hurts. We preach it, but we don't believe it. Yep. And then we want to, then not only that, but then what we want to do is we want to make people believe that uh, the lackey way is the right way. So if you're going to start a church, you have to do it this way. And so I've had people come and say, you know what, uh, Shep, you need to do this if you if your church is going to grow. Well, you got to understand that an inner city church is different from a suburban church. Sure, yep. You got to understand that an inner city church has a lot more members that have a lot more needs. You know what I'm saying? And so, so our needs are different. Our, our our culture is different. But we have to recognize that we have to come in together. And un- so I went to uh, a dinner 
with one of the pastors at the chapel. His wife is German. We had German food. I was sitting there and I'm looking like I'm not about, I don't, in my head. And she's using German words to describe, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. Where's my ham? It's not greens. It's not macaroni and cheese. Where is the chicken? You know, and so she's using these German words, but watch the beauty of it. I tried it and I liked it. Mm. Shake a black man's hand. Say hi. Come on. Build a relationship. And then don't do it. Watch what we want to do. Scott Lackey wants to be my friend and we're going to be friends. The first thing he does to, to bring acceptance is, Andre, I want you to come to my house. Okay. You know why? Because that's where Scott feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, not, not, I'm using that as an no, example no, no, now. No, sure. That's where Scott feels comfortable. Yep. But when it comes to coming to Andre's house, mm. then there's this level of, uh, well, uh, uh, well, can we go get something to eat? There, it cannot be us going to all, we, we always are made to feel like we have to adopt the ways and come to you. That's not a friendship. We have to meet each other halfway. Yep. It has to be give and take. I've lost black friends because I always had to go to their house. Wait a second, I got a toilet. You can use mine. <laughs> come on. I got a kitchen. You know what I'm saying? We're clean people. Right. Those are the things that we, we have to be mm. open to this. We have to be open to different styles of worship. I went to Scott Lackey's worship evening at his church with my hands lifted up. I enjoyed it. I was like, whoa, I can't wait to come back. The second one, I wasn't able to come. But let me, I, I enjoyed it. If it wasn't for that we had church at the same time, I would just come on a Sunday morning just to fellowship. I've it, done that. It was different, but it, but that's okay to be different. It's okay. But here's the thing. What? Can you be comfortable by coming to New Direction? Sure, sure. And, and, and we're not singing, I am a friend of God. Wow, we're seeing something different. Sure, sure. Good stuff. Okay, so we need to take a break, but this is a good conversation. Yes, sir. If you're listening today and you normally hear God-sized stories from the mission field, um, don't don't turn the channel. Don't don't leave. This is a raw conversation. We're we're producing this show in Buffalo, New York, where seven days ago this community was rocked because a gentleman, and I don't want to call him a gentleman, a young man traveled 200 miles and ended the life of 10 different people. And today, what I want to do before we go to break is I just want to say their names. Yeah. Because these are people that had families and loved ones that were expecting them to come home that night, like Roberta Drury, who came to Buffalo to take care of her, her brother who's battling leukemia or or Marcus Morrison or Andre McNeil who went to the store to buy a cake for his three-year-old son's birthday that was going to happen that day that night or Aaron Salter who was a Buffalo police officer for many years finally retired and was doing a little side thing there for to offer protection to tops who actually took on the gunman and, and because of the body armor, uh, he couldn't defend himself and others, and he was shot and killed. Geraldine, Geraldine Talley. These are real people. They're like you and I. Um, Celestine Cheney, Hayward Patterson, Catherine Massey, 
Ruth Winfield, and then today's guest, Pastor Shep, who's hanging out with us, his aunt Pearl Young, gets dropped off at a supermarket to do her weekly groceries and doesn't come home. When we come back in a minute, we're gonna get it's gonna get a little bit it's gonna get a little interesting because I want to ask Shep some point blank questions about relationships between whites and blacks and the racial discord that still exists in majority of the country. When we come back here on Hope Reigns, it's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope exists to love and serve those in need. During the past 16 years, over 8,000 families have experienced the hope of Jesus following a natural disaster through the help of almost 45,000 volunteers. God has also given us the chance to build and renovate facilities to bring safety and healing to survivors of human trafficking. The Rapid Response Ministry has been busier than ever with 44 deployments over the last 18 years. And then this year, we're excited to announce a brand new focus, mass feeding. When a disaster hits across the country, our mass feeding ministry will show up and serve those who have lost everything, families who are hungry and simply need a chance to enjoy a hot meal. The goal is simple, to provide up to 8,000 meals every day for up to eight days for this community. It's free to volunteer with 80s Hope. We provide the food and lodging. All you have to do is show up and be the hands and feet of Jesus. For more information about this growing ministry, please go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. 8 Days of Hope is thankful for ministry partners like Provia, a manufacturer of residential exterior building products. Provia's mission is to serve by caring for details, and each employee strives to do that every day. Provia combines automation and human craftsmanship in creating their doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. More about Provia's mission and products can be found at provia.com. That's P-R-O-V-I-A.com. Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Steve Tiber hanging out with um, special co-host Scott Lackey. Scott, filling for Mike. And, uh, you know, Scott, we brought you in on a day to fill in for our friend. And, and this is a tough conversation. We're talking to Pastor uh, Andre Shep Clark, Pastor Shep, known in Buffalo. He's in the, a pastor in the inner city and um, lost his aunt a week ago today um, because a young man got into his car and bought into hate and lies and evil and took the life of 10 individuals, including Pastor Shep's um, aunt. And, you know, we were talking to break, where do we go next with this conversation, Scott? And I, I think where we landed is, is, you know, this is all fueled by hate, Pastor Shep. Mm-hmm. 
and and you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I don't I don't want to offend anyone today. I'm I'm not looking. I'm not that type of a person. I don't want to offend people. I want to bring. I want to be a light in a dark world. It could be a small light, right? But I want to be a light. But there's almost a mentality sometimes when something like this happens. I'm gonna be candid here. The white folk, people like me, they show up, they do something nice, and then they feel like they did their part and they go back to their old ways. Yeah. And that's a dangerous conversation to go down that path, but you live in the inner city. Um, you and I grew up differently. We have different cultures. We do have the common denominator that we both love the Lord and we love each other. But help the audience understand a little bit from a black man's point of view let alone a pastor, but go ahead. There, There's two things. There's from the church, and then there's from, uh, I don't want to say regular people, um, but non-believers. Okay, I, I, there I, put, you go. I could put that way. Yep. Um, uh, for the non-believer, um, I give them a little bit more leeway. I'm going to tell you why. Um, because they just want to feel better. Mm-hmm. They understand that there's some wrong. Some people are still in denial. That's not racism. Um, that's just this, this, the the boy had mental health issues. No, he had a hate issue. See, we never want to address sin. We flirt with sin and we try to make sin look real pretty and put it in like a a, a better roses. He just had a mental problem. I rebuked that notion. Okay. Um, it's hate. It, yeah. it, his words were hateful. His actions were hateful. Okay. So now we can't ignore that it's here. We try to deny it, but it's still here. Here's the thing, the one check, the one day of volunteering makes people feel better about themselves. Yep. And then they can go back into their world where I would, some people have never been on Jefferson Avenue. Right. And some people have only come because of this. There were some that came to spectate. That is not compassion. Yep. And so if you wrote a check, as a one-off, that's not a compassion, that's a tax write-off. Understand the difference. Don't write a check for you to feel better and then write it off as taxes and then you think that I'm good until the next crisis. Yep, I did my part. The second part is for the Christian is that one, you're gonna have to speak up after the cameras are off. Okay. So, you, the, so you, the national media is left. So you're saying two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve weeks from now, what does that look like? What, 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 what are you hoping for? What I'm hoping for is actually open dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was at the chapel, uh, 2019. It's a large church in Western New York. Predominantly, there, there's some diversity there. But there's some diversity there. Probably 85 percent white, 90 percent white or Caucasian. So. Uh, Pastor Jerry comes in and, and we have a panel with pastors and we're talking about this uh, race, racial tension. Yep. And um, so they said, I used the same line. How do you build relationship with someone of a different color? It's simple. My dad says, shake somebody's hand and say, hi, my name is. See where it goes. Be organic. I don't want Scott to now invite me to his church because of this. Right. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, you want to come and have a kumbaya moment, and then we don't speak another day. Where were you six months ago, and where will you be six months from now? There you go. Okay. So now watch what happens. We have to have the dialogue, and 
we're going to have to be able to be at the place like my brothers in front of me, Scott and, and yourself, um, are able to listen and to take it. Yep. But you got to have the right person talking. <laughs> now, I'm just going to be honest. We can't sit here ready to cuss everybody out, ready to smack somebody in the face, you know, and, and blame you for, uh, for slavery and everything else. But what we do have to do is to bring up the fact that we have not addressed racism, systematic racism, hatred, bigotry, all in the name of Jesus. That I went to a Caucasian church. I lived, I ain't gonna say where I lived. I, 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 on a Sunday night, this was years ago, I walked into a church that was all Caucasian with a whole suit on. I'm a, I was a minister then, it's a young minister. Yep. Newly married, I walked into church because they had church on Sunday night and we had canceled. Mm. Oh, I'm going to church anyway. I'm a church hopper. I go to church. <laughs> church. I just want to have church. You know, I go there. They, I came on time. The lady grabbed her purse, moved to another row. Mm. I'm sitting on a row by myself. Mm. The pastor never addresses me. What's he doing here? Uh, I never got. And I'm in a full suit. Now, y'all got to understand, I'm in a full suit. I'm Pentecostal, and back then, we wasn't wearing jeans and stuff. With suit, you went to church, even for Bible study, in a suit and tie. Yep. You know, you know, we're in full suit. So I didn't come there looking like a hoodie or, or saggy jeans, sure. Jordans, none of that. You know who saved my experience at that church? It was an old janitor. That old janitor came to me after church. And said, how you doing, brother? Good to have you here tonight. Gave, this is the first time I had any interaction. He gave me uh, the visitor packet and everything. Mm. He said, man, I hope, let me walk you up to the, to the pastor. He grabs my hand, walks me up to the pastor. He said, hey, pastor, this is Minister Clark. He came from, uh, he lives in the area, but he goes to church in Buffalo. And he says, nice to meet you. Come again. And turned around and started talking to somebody else. This oh man is now offended that his pastor did that. So now he still grabs my hand. He's walking me around. He's trying to introduce me to people. But people are standoffish. Mm. My color should not offend a believer. Uh -huh. Not a believer. Not someone who said they love God. There's too much scripture that Jesus came for all. For us to ever have to deal with that type of stuff, I should be able to be free going into Scott Lackey's uh, uh, new journey. Uh, it was new, new, new story. I should feel just out there of Art Hall's journey church. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should feel to go to new story. I should be able to go to any church because I just like going to church. And so if I have a moment, I should be able to go to church. And sometimes we don't, watch this, this is sad. We don't feel welcome. And I speak openly to every church that has uh, uh, white ministers and a, a predominantly white church. You still have to speak up for it. See, when these things happened in my church, I had to change my and I, I was starting a series on Sunday. I had to change my my whole sermon. I had, to, I had to stay up late and get up extra early. I was at my church at 530 in the morning asking God speak to me because now I have to eulogize my community. 
The other churches don't have to do that. They can just keep on going as normal. And the fact that you can go on as normal and not address what's going on, and you can't just have this little one-off prayer, and we pray for the city of Buffalo, and you put your little graphic up on your LED wall, that stuff is not going to work anymore. you got to have constant conversation that has to continue. And if you're not willing to do that, then you are a part of the problem and not a part of the, situa- the, the solution. You're listening to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Steve Tiber and special co-host Scott Lackey filling in for Mike Fiala. We're with uh, Pastor Shep. Uh, I'm, I'm not angry, Pastor. No, I'm I know just you're passionate. not. Brother. I don't want nobody to think No, man. I'm, I'm just passionate. Okay, and, and, I, and I want the world to know, I know Pastor Shep. I, I mean, I know him. And Pastor Shep is a godly man, and he loves everyone, regardless where they come from, how much money they got in the bank, where they went to school, what color, ethnic background. And today we're, we're having a raw conversation. You know, we produce this show that's heard around the country, today in Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, where we're based, 8 Days Hope is based in Mississippi. But God opened up a door for us to be back here in Buffalo, our Northeast satellite. We're in Iowa, our Midwest satellite. We travel the country, but we can't ignore where we produce the shows in Buffalo, New York. And seven days ago, our... This community has been turned upside down, Mm -hmm. and now I'm praying through, we're praying through, what do we do? What does Steve do as a person? What do the the Tibers do as a family? What do we do as a ministry? What do we do as a church? What do we do as a business? What do we do moving forward? And we're having a raw conversation. Yep. And and so we've only got about nine minutes left, but but I want to ask you a, a question. So we have a building where there's 11 ministries inside, 13 ministries in the building, what I like is 11 of the ministries are led by people that don't look like me. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. We're an incubator for inner city ministries in the city of Buffalo, and I love that God has us here. And a lady came up, and she loves the Lord. There's no doubt. There's fruit in her journey. I mean, I'd, I'd hang out with her any day of the week. She is a, she's a mover and shaker for Jesus. She uses her gifts. She loves people. She says, Steve, I'm going to say something, and it might shock you but I'm really struggling. I said, well, what are you struggling with? And I'm not going to say her name. She says, you know, I'm struggling. I love the Lord. I know I'm supposed to forgive. But if that shooter was a black dude, he would never made it one foot outside that store. He would have been blown up right there while the TVs were, were going, while the cameras were going. And she said, but because he was a white dude, he was allowed to surrender. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, brother. I think I have a I have a, I have a unique background growing up in the inner city of Buffalo. That caught me out to let. I never would have thought that in a billion years. Talk to that point. What's going through your mind when you hear that comment from somebody who feels like that would have had a different ending? I really believe that that is our truth. I mean, when you look at um, those that have, um, someone was out there, and, and, and there's so many, I keep forgetting names and which story goes with which name. Um, mm-hmm. But someone's out there selling cigarettes, he's, he's dead. Um, a young man um, is unarmed and dead. There's a man that's handcuffed but has a knee on his neck, he's dead, George Floyd. There's so many different stories. I mean, where they're unarmed. We have a, 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 a man that is trying to save the life of a autistic child uh, with no gun, no nothing, 
He's dead. But the, the the common white folk out there that's listening to the show today, you know, lives in you know Louisiana or Alabama, that loves the Lord, and they're like, Steve, what did you mean by that comment? But it's it's like there's two different sets of rules. Because the problem is, is that there's always two sets of rules, and that's how you live. You live in the privilege of the rules that are set up for you. They're not set up for me. And that's how we feel. And and it's not just how we feel, it's part of history. I mean, if you, 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 you cannot ignore history. History brings experience. Mm. So 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 if 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 one of my white brothers had a uh um I watched so many videos where I saw a white man uh cuss out a police officer. I mean, cuss him clean out. They never grabbed their gun. They never grabbed a taser. He just walks away free. Just gone. All right, get on out of here. Wait a second. There's no way I could cuss, even look, or start talking laws and stuff and not be scared for my life. And until you, I, I've had an experience, and I hate to say this, I had an experience in, 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 East, in Amherst. And the cop pulled me over because the middle of my van was, uh, the light was out. Um, so you got the two mm. main ones. You got the little one over the, the big window back there. He pulled me over and he said, you know why I pulled you over? I said, no. He says your back tail light is out. I says, no, it's not. And so he started to treat me so terrible. Mm. And I, I looked at the law. I said, no, that don't, you can't pull me over for that. I called the police department and you know what they told me? He's new. I said, Do you know, my name is Andre Clark. I said, I pastor a church called New Direction Christian Fellowship. I says, that is not an excuse. Yeah, it's not acceptable. I mean, and was rude and mean and nasty. But, but that's the deep-rooted hate that is grown up through generations, and it's part of the conversation that's just a normal conversation. You don't even know that you're conversing in a hateful way because it's just part of who you are. But how? Do, my, my bigger question is to you and Scott. How is it that, see, People don't don't recognize this. There's some white people that are scared just of the skin color. Sure. They think yep. that every black person is 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 yep. a thug because that's what media has told them. Sure. That's what they believe. That's all they some, see. It's what their family told them. It's what their family told. It's, it's, it's passed to be, down. To be candid, some of us passed. So down. the same family. way I have to walk into a situation where I go into meetings with all white pastors all the time. I don't have any prejudice. I don't have any hatred. I don't believe they out to get me. How do you guys love black people the way I know that you do? Because that is what needs to be spread to other white people. I, I'm going to be very candid with you. I don't, I know that you look different. <laughs> but dude, I, I mean, you're my buddy. You're my friend. You know, and you've called and check up on me. Is there anything we can do for your church? You've done that. Scott, me and Scott have had multiple conversations. Uh, 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 so I understand. It. But how? How is it? Because I think that sometimes even our listeners today mm. have to figure out, wait a second, then why do I have this preconceived notion that all black? Because I got white friends that say, hey, man, good to see you. Man, come on over. You invited me to your worship night. Hey, I would love to see you at your worship that's what I'm saying. How how do you guys find that you don't look at the color? You yeah. know I'm black. Yep. There's, <laughs> there's also I've 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 learned from from the African American the black church as well. There have been times when I've been when I was a junior in high school I was looking for a church. I saw a church had an apologetics course, so I went because my family wasn't going to church. I went. I was the only white person there. 
the love I experienced there was unbelievable. And you guys understand something that we don't about that. You know, I've, I've been in environments with friends who are black, friends who are from India, and they've said, can we leave? I'm not comfortable. Wow. You guys understand there's a, there's a level of love that the black church, the African-American church understands that we do not understand. And we can learn from you. I wish we had another hour. We (laughs) have about two minutes. A real quick story, uh, and I'm not going to go into uh, a tornado came outside of Tupelo, Mississippi, and there was a black church and a white church, and one of the church's building was blown away. And the other church decided of the other color that they were going to help this other church rebuild their house rebuild their church and they did and we helped them so it was fun having a black church and white church that never did fellowship together work together to rebuild the church that blew away and you know to this day eight years later once a month they worship together beautiful a wow. white church and black they not only worship together but then they have food after their service you got a fellowship with food oh my god <laughs> my gosh i'm bringing a chicken <laughs> oh man hey if you're listening today it's this has made you uncomfortable we were not looking to offend anyone. No. But I will be candid with you. Sometimes the truth stings. We've got to find a way, church, to start being uncomfortable so we can be comfortable. And I'm going to ask you to pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for these two men to show us, Lord, how we are to move forward. As, as, as Common Council President, who's also a pastor, Pastor Pridgen said, we can't get to the healing until we get through the hurt. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm hurting. And if you're quiet right now, you're not a friend of mine. People, this is the time to speak up. Speak up. But not mm-hmm. only speak up with words, but speak up with actions. Mm-hmm. Not a one-time feel-good, get-in-the-picture type mm. of thing, but really get down, get in the trenches with one another and say, this has got to end here. Buffalo, New York, it ends here. America, it ends here. We've got to find a way as brothers and sisters of Christ to come together, to love each other, to serve each other, to be one body. We've got a minute left, Scott. What's going through your mind as you wrap up or as, as, as we come to a close here? It's heavy. There's a lot of work to be done. But if we continue to follow Christ and as Andre Pastor Andre said we have to have these conversations mm. and the conversation can't just be in a response or from a place of shock and then move on we've done our job now no this has to be true friendship true relationship that continues for years That's and years right. to come Shep we've got 20 seconds brother I love you I appreciate I you. you thank you for being real today um Hold me accountable. Hold us accountable. Mm-hmm. We, we want to walk this journey with you, not just when we're on the air or when the cameras are going, but we've got to find a way as the body of Christ to come together. That's right. Because God has called us to do that. That's right. Father, we thank you for this, these two brothers in Christ. Thank you for this conversation. I know it's tough, Father, but we're going to lean on you. Guide us. Lead us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Hope Reigns as a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope.
Thanks for listening to Hope Reigns from 8 Days of Hope. Come back next week for more God-sized stories from across the country. To listen to this or a previous episode of Hope Reigns, please visit our show archive at 8daysofhope.com.